Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Do you know the name of this song? I was just looking at you weirdly through the window because I was like, well, this isn't Canned Heat, is it? Because this would make sense. This is called This is Canned called Heat. Canned Heat by Jamiroquai. Oh, this is the song? The, yeah. the song is called Canned So we have a, a product, a song, and a band all called Canned Heat. And a famous Napoleon Dynamite dance. It, that's maybe the best of all things. It was, there's no maybe about it. Dude. Yeah. Um, in Tommy's office, I don't know about his current office, which I think is just a basement, but his old office, he had a handful of posters up, and uh, Napoleon was prominently displayed. And for that, I applaud you. Dude, it's the greatest movie ever. Gone with the Wind, forget about it. <laughs> okay, throw it in a trash bin. <laughs> Because Napoleon Dynamite straight up rules all. Now, I'm not going to agree with you uh, on that. I'm going to say it's up there in the top probably five, maybe even three comedies of all time. Really? Big Lebowski is the best comedy that's ever been done. Maybe the best movie that's ever been done. But also, as an addendum to this conversation, it is worth noting by your own admission I believe you've seen 11 total movies in your whole life, Tommy. So I don't want you to come in here and tell me where Napoleon rates, though I do love Napoleon Dynamite on all the, you know, because you're the last person with the, you got the music thing okay, the movies. I mean, we how long's the list now of movies that you have an actual physical list of movies that you're supposed to watch and that you haven't seen yet? How many movies are on that? Excuse me. I actually just looked at this the other day because the app I was using uh, is gone. It's decommissioned off the app store, but you could transfer it to a new app. And so I just looked at this. And do I you can... need an app? Don't you just need an email? Like, can't you just write them down? Why are you critiquing? Well, my no, I mean, I'm of, just, of... I just, uh, I'm just trying to understand. Perhaps it was decommissioned for lack of necessity. You know, I mean, there's always that to consider. I'm at 263. 
And by the way, those 263, it's not like, oh, dude, you got to watch like Night of the Red Werewolf. Oh, so great. 1986. This is like Gone with the Wind. No, I mean, it was this started as like a social experiment because I get so fired up at how often people go, oh, have you seen XYZ? Right. And the answer is no. And then they spend 10 minutes telling me how funny something is. But it's not funny, and now I'm annoyed, and now I don't want to watch it, and you have made me no, 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 think no. about fighting you. Now, you know what first I mean? This of all, so it's a, it was a social experiment to say, how often do people really ask you if you've seen X? So what? I just started whipping out the phone. Okay, I'm going to What is the most reputable movie on there that you have not seen? Oh. What? what? Like reputable They're, or famous? These are, these, are, these are all, like, watched at 10 have times. Have you seen Fight Club? No. Wow. I mean, have you seen seven? See, the second social experiment should be how many times am I asked about the same title? (laughs) (laughs) I have watched none of the the, Harry Potters. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I've never watched Star Wars, Star Trek. None of them, uh, you know, uh, any of them. It's okay, Tommy. It's okay. I don't I knew this about you and I think it's a nice thing. I'm okay with this about you. I saw Gilbert Grape. Good show. Okay, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Is yeah, the there we the go. Film. That's yeah. that's the one. What's the uh, what's the Silver Streak? Uh, the Gene Wilder film. Okay, the best one I've actually See, watched. I mean, so this far is this the is the, this is the point, though. I mean, again, like you just, it's like saying you've driven like a Hyundai and a Jeep, and one of them was better, and thus it's the best of all time. But you've never actually had the Lamborghini. Or the Bugatti. So, what is the Lamborghini of modern cinema, or cinema? Well, at the, all? the the Lamborghini of uh, you know modern cinema is Inglorious B. Inglorious what? I mean, you can't say well. You can't say the oh. word on TV, oh, but you know, wow. on radio, you are such a dad. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you, I, I got kids, man. I don't know how many kids are running around out there. I want to keep everybody happy here. I appreciate. But it's the that. greatest movie. It's that is that is the gold standard of modern cinema. Okay, Coulter, do you have one for me? And then well, I'll uh, release you back. A uh, a movie to watch? Yeah, like what's the gold standard of cinema? Like as Ryan referenced. <laughs> Coulter's got Like, no what's clue. the greatest? What do you mean? I watch more movies than any person you know. Ask Absolutely. I was grounded for three him. years in high school. <laughs> I have so many. I've watched so many movies. Okay. So, yes. Yes. Like, early 2000s movies? Sure. But it's no, been a long no, time no, since no, that no, time. No, 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 no. I've seen almost every best picture since, yes. since the early 70s. I would say that's one of the great ones. Wow. Uh, have you seen Apocalypse Now? Actually, I have seen Apocalypse. See, Apocalypse Now is really good. Yeah, terrifying. It's Stu Tillin' Nuwanas. If you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can, uh, you know, listen on your own time and fast forward to the things that you don't like to get to things like the start of this hour, if you would like to. Uh, the podcast is out there thanks to Blackfoot. We appreciate them for that. Subscribe, rate, review, and, uh, you know, enjoy is Also, if you want to listen live, 1029ESPN.com. You listen live all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, uh, the news item here, we, we, we read about it in the news, but it's worth just adding a little bit to. But officially now the Missoula Marathon has been canceled. A lot of things have been postponed. A lot of things have been moved back. The Riverbank Run 
uh, in Missoula has, has not been canceled, but it has been moved to early fall. I think September uh, from April was the original, the normal time when they when they do that, April or May. But this uh, June 26th through the 28th, the last weekend, the Missoula Marathon is a big event in this town. Uh, takes a lot of coordination, shuts down some streets in the morning and all that kind of stuff, and is, is a, a, a major event. Huge uh, economic boon for the community. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of it, and uh, and will not be happening. It's not going to be rescheduled or whatever. It's just canceled. Uh, this uh, information or this news coming out today. So, you know, it's interesting because we things are slowly starting to reopen to some extent, and in Montana, you know, we're getting back into you know restaurants and things of that nature. Uh, but there's still and, and what the Mavs right had their baseball tryouts yep, yep. and practices and they're going forward with their season of the with Legion baseball, but this event style deal, you know, it's not like you can co- sort of string it out over time. It's like okay, it's these three days, it's this weekend, it's a, a a major thing. It's a lot of people coming together, and also I think this is to me. You tell me if I'm right or wrong, but th- there's a lot of people that travel for this. A lot of yeah. people come from out of town, out of state. Because Absolutely. this is on their list. They want to go run a marathon in Montana and do the thing. Yep. And so I think that maybe more than anything else was was the biggest or a central consideration at least. Yeah, I mean, so, several reasons why the Missoula Marathon is such a popular uh, midsummer marathon. One, Missoula is a beautiful place in the summer. Two, though, being in Montana, even though it is very hot here, it's not as hot as a lot of other places and, in the country. And, and hopefully, right, June ain't August either right. at that level. Right, right. So it's more you can endure it a little bit better because, first of all, Montana, there's so much sunlight in the summer. So you can run the marathon. I mean, it starts at 6 o'clock in the morning, and most people are getting done, you know, before noon. Yeah, I mean, this is just after the solstice. I mean, this is going to be done, you know, yeah. It's, so it's you, have a lot of, you have a lot of sunlight to run in cooler temperatures. You have Montana weather, so it's a little bit cooler. It's not the high heat of summer yet. Yeah. But another thing that's become pretty uh, trendy in the marathon running and distance running communities is – run a marathon in each state. Try to run a marathon in as many states as you can. And this is obviously the premier marathon in the state of Montana. So this is a bummer for Missoula because it does. It brings people in from all over the place. If you've ever been downtown or in the Missoula Marathon, it's one of the busiest weekends you can find. I mean, people cheering on their family members, people doing the marathon themselves, people going out to eat, you know, going to Karis Park. And, and uh, they, so a lot of times they have food vendors and stuff out there afterwards too. And so... Uh, it, it is a bummer for the city of Missoula. One other correction: uh, the Riverbank run actually rescheduled to October third. October, okay, October. 3rd. So still on the docket. You know, if you, I've lived in in Missoula, uh, in Montana, basically. I mean, I was born and raised in Montana. I've lived in Montana for m- the vast majority of my life. Uh, if you added up all of the running and walking I've done in this state, I think I have done a marathon. In Montana now, so I'm very good. <laughs> I can check that one off. Cumulatively on over your life. Uh, Coulter, you wanted to talk a little bit today about the transfer portal as it pertains to the Big Sky Conference and just the players this season that are transferring that have entered the transfer portal at large in the Big Sky Conference and what where they're going or maybe where they're not going and what you think about this in general. I mean, is that kind of the idea here? Well, I just wanted to kind of talk about just some of the ones that are impactful. First of all, I think it's really interesting that um, one, two, three, four young men that had starting quarterback experience in the Big Sky Conference have transferred from their respective schools. Jelani Easton is the most recent transfer portal entry. He just hit the portal two days ago. Uh, he's a Portland State. He was a starter as a freshman. Uh, he, he's from uh, 
pretty prestigious. He's from Gardena High School in, in Southern California, so yeah. uh, powerhouse down there. And he kind of lost the starting job to Davis Alexander. They're doing a, a dual quarterback system there for a little while, and then Davis Alexander overtook him, so it looks like he'll be looking for a new spot. Then he had Jay Constantine, who's a multiple-year starter at Weber State, former Boise State transfer. He entered uh, a couple months ago. Connor Regan, who was a part-time starter at Northern Colorado, the starter the last time Northern Colorado came to Missoula, in fact. And this, and then Chris Helbig, who former junior college transfer who started at Southern Utah for several years, or, for, or excuse me, for most of last year. And uh, so I think it's interesting that a full almost one-third of the league has guys that were starting quarterbacks on their way out. I also think that's indicative of the narrative that I think there'll be more quarterbacks in the transfer portal than any other position because you're not going to rotate once you get beat out. If you get beat out by a guy your age or younger like Jelani Easton did, yeah, you, you want to just go play. You know, it's kind of interesting when you talk about like Connor Regan at Northern Colorado, you go, well, why? Because all of a sudden now the quarterback position is open at Northern Colorado right. where it hasn't been. But when you have a new coach coming in, no you doubt. just assume that, okay, well, you know, Coach McCaffrey's probably got his – guy or guys that he's looking at and you're probably not really in that rotation when you talk about which of these is the most impactful all restricted to to montana and you know i think in a lot of ways jesse owens might be the most impactful guy in terms of he's a guy didn't that obviously didn't play for the grizzlies as of yet when you when it comes to football but was he not the scout team player, of the, year? player of the year yep and the history of the scout team offensive and defensive players of the year for the University of Montana, what those guys have developed into traditionally, I mean, that is a list of of the who's who of Montana football. And so whether or not, you know, Jesse Owens develops into that spot is is hard to say, but you, you can't argue the high water mark that Montana wide receivers are at and have been for, for a couple of years now and they're certainly expected to be going into this season, but that's a, that's it's not a, you know it's hard to say well what, how can it be a loss for a guy who's never played but again college football is all about who who's coming up you know who's filling the shoes of the guys that are there before Jesse Owens goes to Montana State to play basketball which by the way sounds like coach Sprinkle is very high. you know we speculated well is he even going to play like can right. he do division sounds you know the early conversations about what he has done and what he showed with Montana State from a basketball standpoint is good like he's he's really going to have uh, an opportunity to maybe play a little bit so that's good for him and who can judge a kid on what sport he wants to play or whatever that's fine but in terms of a loss to Montana I think it's the potential there is certainly a great loss no doubt and uh a couple other ones that have entered the portal Tyrese and Tyree Gibson from Montana State we reported that at Skyline a couple weeks ago uh, Tyrese was a starter last year with Munchie Filer out. Hardly any statistics to show for it, but that's because he was playing like the wide side of the field where he just wasn't getting a lot of action. Mm-hmm. But he's a long, lean corner cover corner that could could have provided at least depth this year. So I think that has a little bit of an impact. Darian Nash obviously going from Montana to Idaho. That's interesting. I did, I think that we could – Darian Nash is the one that could become the most impactful if he turns out to be a really good player at Idaho, uh, an in-conference rival. We'll see. But a couple other guys worth noting. Alex Sims was Southern Utah's leading tackler this last year. So he's out at Southern Utah. We'll see where he ends up. But whenever you leave, uh, lose a productive player like that, that hurts. Corbin Sorensen, who was an all-league offensive tackle from Portland State. He's a kid that was recruited by both the Cats and the Grizz that, uh, coming out of high school. Really talented guy. He actually just posted on his Twitter yesterday that he's going to grad transfer to Oregon State. And then Nate Stinson, who was a guy that 
threatened and even flirted with some of Reggie Bush's records at Helix High School in San Diego. He was a starter at Northern Arizona. Uh, at least I should, I mean, I guess he wasn't really a starter over Joe Logan, but he got a ton of playing time hmm. and he's in the portal as well. So uh, we'll see where those guys end up. Um, but I do think that uh, the, the Jesse Owens one is interesting because he went across the divide to play for the rival who's not the rival you know in hoops but everything that i've heard coming out of bozeman is that they really like him as an on-ball defender they love his speed and quickness and as we're starting to see um day sprinkle likes these fast guards i mean if they are he, he doesn't seem to really mind if they're not very big because xavier bishop's not very big uh, mike hood the junior college kid they're bringing in from the college of southern idaho is not very big and Jesse Owens isn't very big, but they're all really, really, really athletic. So uh, we'll see. And it also it remains to be seen because Jesse Owens is not on a basketball scholarship at Montana State. So that means he's not – a lot of times if you get to play two sports, they can't, like, split up the scholarship. Right. And so he could go – I don't know. This is complete speculation. But football is not off the table for him at Montana State either. And that, mm. that could be very interesting as well. I honestly don't know – if you could do football and basketball simultaneously, especially because the seasons overlap, we haven't seen it in quite some time. Last guy I could remember was Dan Bowden, tight end for the Grizz, who played uh, in the spring with Montana men's basketball team for Coach Tinkle. He didn't really play much, but he was on the on the team and got into a few games. But we'll see. But the, the door is still open there for Jesse Owens, I guess is what I'm saying. This in on the Twitter, Sutel Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. At Aloysius, writing in, hey, at 1029 ESPN, first, who is this guy that hasn't seen many movies? Second, producing a sports talk show, does he even watch sports? <laughs> Third, last, what does he know and enjoy that maybe Coulter and Ryan don't know and enjoy? Mm. Uh I guess the one thing that Tommy, our esteemed producer, does know about that you and I don't know about is electricity. Indeed. Right? Like, you you got... It, this is fun. It, the, the newest thing that I've had installed on this desk here is a computer, and it's on, and there's a mouse that works and a keyboard that works. There is, however, no internet and no connection to our actual radio part of this, so it's just really a screen at this point, but... That stuff is coming. I must say it's a better step in the direction. But, Tommy, I mean, you know, first of all, you're you're producing a sports talk show. Right. And you're not really a sports guy. I just walked in. What's the context here? Uh, we received a tweet. Oh, wow. That's a big thing for you. Congrats. For me? Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if you follow me. What are you at, Tommy Coffee? Do you know yeah. you could probably speak to coffee a little bit more than I could? Although I love coffee, I was a barista for a while. Really? Yeah. Can you make a mad macchiato, bro? Yeah. Nice. I can make you the big one, like the American style one, and I can even make you one of like the original European ones, like the just the little like, and then a little bit of foam. I like that. What do you think? So you got this tweet. You're yeah. asking me some questions. I'm not asking you anything. He wants to know how is it that you haven't seen any movies, and what do you know that we don't know? He wants to, to find out, like, what is your area of expertise that we can't sit here and come back at you with? Now, I will well, say, you know, you are Johnny come lately to the planet Earth. I've been here a minute. You yeah. know, I know a little bit. I've been around. Yeah. So, I, you know, unless it's just like the non-ionizing electromagnetic radiation, I'm not going to be able to I'm not going to be able to be beat on this. I do know a number of things. Yeah. One of which is 
uh, the new normal that we think we're about to live in <laughs> is all by design of the machine. Okay. Thank you. There we go. Here we go. It's overnight I, AM radio. It just started. What I do. Know. What's my tinfoil hat Over, guy's oh, yeah. idol's name? Oh, man. Who is the guy you always tell me I am? Uh, oh, you're, oh, Art Bell. You're Art, like, Art Bell. Bell. Yeah. 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 Yeah, your art bell. Rest in peace, but not rest in peace because he's still he's still alive somewhere. This is a yeah, ruse. Yeah, he's playing cards uh, with Tupac. Well, know? yeah, and Elvis, sure. So what I do know is this: if you focus on something hard enough, there's always a loophole, you know, and you can find yourself winning at various things or winning various things if you study them with enough passion and intent. The only the only thing that this applies to is Coindozer. We'll take a break on the other side. Minor That's league baseball. And there a new suggestion coming from Congress next. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. There was a little line in that news read right there that just slipped past me, and I just am wanting to flesh it out a little bit here and now. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. If you would like to call, you're welcome to do so. 361-3688, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. Uh, here's the line, Coulter. Wants to extend the 30-year PBA two more years. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, I, I just don't... I, I understand why you don't want to renegotiate regularly, right? And just continue to bring it. It's, first of all, it's expensive. It's a bunch of lawyers in a room talking with a bunch of executives. Like, it's, it's it costs a lot. It takes a lot of time. It's not a lot of fun. You want to get there. I get that. I With the NFL... And NFLPA, uh, uh, you know, the collective bargaining agreement, I think, is a 10-year deal for the NFL. I don't know what the duration is in the NBA. I think it's close to that. Why you would sign a 30-year deal? I mean, they, the last time that minor league and major league baseball negotiated a, a, an agreement was 1990? That's amazing. I mean, it's amazing to me how much has changed in 30 years including the birth of every player playing baseball. <laughs> I mean, I, it's just, it, it's it's unbelievable that it would last that long. That said, uh, you know, again, this is, uh, this was a written uh, um, 
by Steve Daines, U.S. you know senator from the state of Montana, encouraging Rob Manfred and Pat O'Connor just to extend it. That in the short term, I mean the 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 thing he's doing for his constituency, right, is preserving baseball for at least two more years. The idea, I would presume, is to try and get on better economic footing in general, that gives you a better chance to maintain the team. So within that context, this makes sense, and also. How you negotiate a, a long-term deal right now in the amount of unknown that exists, you know, I think everybody everybody believes and expects that this, you know, this pandemic and so on and so forth has an expiration date at some point where we will be quote beyond this, whether that's in you know because of testing, because of a vaccine, whatever it might be, and that that you know people have put longer-term beliefs on this. People put shorter-term beliefs on this, but it's not going to be 30 years. It's not going to be five years. It's not going to be, hopefully, two years, right, is the is the idea. But right now, it's so ambiguous in so so many ways as to what the right things are to do and how to do them and, and seasons and so on and so forth. So you put these things in place presuming that, every, that you've got 162 baseball games that every team's playing every single year in a full playoffs and all that. And you could still operate on that assumption i would think but also there would be a lot that would be called into i don't know if called into question but but for concerning the immediacy of it that you're gonna have to do now maybe that's just a whole different agreement and a whole different negotiation to deal with an anomalous circumstance in which we find ourselves here and now but i do think that there is a a a reality to or it's something that makes sense to me i guess to say hey it's already been 30 years. What's two more to get ourselves into a position where we can maybe look with a little more clarity and have a little bit more, okay, we know where we're at. We know where we're at. We, we think we know where we're at roughly going forward. Now let's come to the table and, and see what's going on. So I I'm I guess I'm for that in that respect. I don't think that Rob Manfred is going to do it because if ever there was a time to to strip 40 teams and save the money of whatever it is, you know, of of basically a quarter of minor league baseball, now would presumably be that time for major league baseball. So I don't see that that probably that that my, major league baseball would be for it, but I certainly can see what I what seems to me to be some common sense in that. Well, you need it to be 2 years because I think Certainly, if you evaluate anything based on this year, that's going to have an impact. I mean, it's going to be the, the numbers just aren't going to look great. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, the attendance is likely going to be down across all forms of baseball if there's any attendance even allowed, right? Right. So, if you evaluate this summer's numbers for the Missoula Paddleheads and the Billings Reds and et cetera, Mustangs, Mustangs, right? That's just it. It would just look bad as right, well, and that right. could then be another encouraging factor to cut these small rookie league teams. So, I don't know, man. There's been a lot of leaks out of these meetings that has indicated that they are pushing towards making an agreement to eliminate these rookie league teams. And if that's the case, that's going to be a sad day for Missoula and minor league baseball in Montana. No doubt, no doubt. Um, do you think that there's a chance that they would do this? That they would move it back two years? Um, maybe, I guess it depends on how many Senator letters you get. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really don't know. Um, because on one hand, I agree. Like if there ever was a time, it could be now. But on the other hand, I think you look very insensitive by making cuts now. I, I agree with you, but let me ask you this. I, Congress has at various times intervened in various ways 
in sports. I mean, there there was congressional hearings at times regarding the 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 steroid stuff, right? And there's been certainly individual Congress, you know, people who have who have you know stumped for their communities, for their states, or whatever it is within the realm of professional sports and and so forth. The Congress of the United States is, is I guess, what you would say, a, an equal third share of the most powerful entity that exists in our country, right? The, the congressional branch of the United States government. But when Rob Manfred, who was running, was the president or the, you know, the, the commissioner of a, of a private autonomous organization, receives letters from, you know, congressmen and women about what the right thing for him to do is or what they want him to do. I, I, I wonder like how, how much does that affect him? Certainly it's a bigger deal than you or I writing a letter, okay? So mm-hmm. I, I certainly understand that. But I guess to me, there's what's, what's the pushback? Like if he doesn't do what's, right. what's suggested, it's not as if all of a sudden there is, you know, some monies that aren't available anymore for him. Totally. You know, from from a congress, you know, from a governmental standpoint, right? So totally. it, it's just a suggestion or a desire or something like that. Yeah, totally. You just wonder. I, w- I would love to see this the the wordings of these letters too, because it's obviously the news is that the letter was written, but I'm sure Steve Daines laid out some of the economic impacts for these small towns and also just what minor league baseball means to places like Billings and Great Falls and Missoula. Yeah. And maybe that human angle, you know, from a senator pushes on the heartstrings of these decision makers. Who knows? It'd be interesting to see how this all plays out. But I I do think, excuse me, what you said, though, I mean, at on one hand, like, if you can find a way to, baseball is not playing 162 games no, this year. No, it's not. So there is going to be significant lost revenue yeah. one way or another. Right. So... Again, from a pragmatic economical standpoint, you understand, okay, well, we it's time to cut every corner or whatever that, that we can. And this this proposal, which was already on the table before the, the pandemic hit, would certainly be one of those ways. I don't know how much money is at stake here. I don't know what percentage of the budget is there. But if you wanted to do this already, you certainly want to do it more now. But you also bring up a very good point. There's a PR aspect to this. Yes, yes. And at this moment, it would just look super insensitive. And and the other the other thing is, you know, Major League Baseball has a a 5 to 600 million dollar cash fund that is paid into every year. It was it was uh brought about I think I, I think it's been, it's been in existence for like Two decades, maybe. That was basically you have you know an amount of money, and many, I mean, big time corporations, businesses, they all have huge funds of cash that are available in the event that that they need to be drawn on for something such as the, what we're experiencing right now, and various other things that might be just uh, uh, you know specific to their particular enterprise or whatever it might be. But Major League Baseball has a lot of money that's just there that's not being spent on anything in fact it's being invested i think it's you know stock you know deal or whatever it might be i don't know how much money baseball needs annually to operate um but i think they have it like i like they literally just have it 
Right. And it it's not somebody's pay. It's not uh, teams. It's not uh, – it's just baseball's cash pool. And, okay, you want to maintain the cash pool. But, again, that's what the cash pool is there for when you need the cash pool. And it's not an endless amount. Five, six hundred million dollars is a lot of money. But when you're talking about running a multi-billion dollar business or, you know, enterprise like baseball, it's it's it is certainly a finite fund. But this would be the time where you I would think that this would be the point. Like you start cashing in some of those chips and going, okay, we're going to, you know, pay this and pay that and do this. And this is for the good of baseball. And we will refuel the kitty over time as we, you know, get back to playing 162 games a year, whatever that might be. So that's the other when it can really look bad is when people go, well, wait, you just cut 40 teams from some of the smallest markets in America. And you're sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars that you're not willing to put in to salvage anything. And I think that is where you, you know, people could look at that and go, well, well, what's going on here? And I also just want to know the viability of the independent nature of this, because that's one thing that the MILB has said is that just because just because the leagues that the teams play in go away does not mean the teams themselves have to go away. Their direct affiliations may or may not still stand but there's independent. I mean, there is indie teams, no doubt. It's independent leagues all over. Yeah, and a lot of times, then it's the same concept. It's just not a farm system, right? You're not the direct feeder for the the Arizona Diamondbacks like the Paddleheads are, but you're still playing minor league baseball against other professional baseball players, and you can still get scouted, and then you could still get into a system as well. And so, if the rookie league. I just don't know what the financial standing is of any of the teams in the rookie league in terms of their owners if they have enough money to to operate independently because feasibly you could still operate independently. I also just don't know how this works with all the pandemic stuff because as we know, these players are oftentimes coming from not just all over the country, but all over the world. And do you really want to bring a whole bunch of people from all over the world to rural places in the pioneer leagues case, like Helena and Mon- and Missoula, Montana, great falls, I guess Helena moved now, but regardless, I mean, do you really want to bring people globally here? I just, I don't really know. I, when it when it comes to the um, the affiliation side of this, uh, uh, here's what I'll say: depending on the the type of independent league that you would get and the players you would get, I think the vacuum of sitting at the ballpark and watching a baseball game, the experience there would be very similar. Like you're going to see some really good baseball players do some pretty impressive things. I mean, I, I think that it's I think it's really I don't want to say undersold, but I think underappreciated. How good these ball players no are, question. even at the rookie A level of professional baseball. I no mean, it's, it's it's crazy some of the things that they are capable of doing. Okay, so I love going to the park and watching, and I think that you could create a league that would have high level baseball played at it. But I do absolutely think that a major draw for maybe for fans to individual games but even more broadly as as sort of the entity as it exists within the community is the fact that it's you know that that this is the affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks in Missoula that the that the you know the Helena Brewers formerly are going to to Milwaukee the White Sox so on and so forth right and and that that matters it matters to it does. me especially like especially cuz like the the formerly the Osprey they uh, you know when Sergio Santos is a top five pick and he gets sent to Missoula, then people are they read it in the paper and exactly. they hear it on ESPN radio and they say, Oh, 
I'm going to go buy a single-game ticket right now to right. see this kid. And so at an independent league, like the news would be, hey, this player from the Missoula Paddleheads independent league team, let's say, got into the the you know Mets organization. And now even if he gets in at like a double-A or a triple-A level where you go, holy cow, that's great. He was playing at a very high level clearly in Missoula. The first step, the first step of notoriety is getting into the very thing that the paddleheads represent here and now and the Mustangs and the Voyagers. And that is a professional baseball player in the Major League Baseball system. I mean, that that is the, right. the show. Right. And so... But then, but then you wonder... One of the great parts about Indy League Baseball, and, and Andrew Houghton, he used to work for me at Skyline Sports and then worked with us covering the Missoula Oscar two years ago. He wrote this really good feature for us on 1029ESPN.com all about Indy League teams. And the one thing about the Rookie League is it's almost always going to be young, really young guys that are coming, a lot of times international, a lot of times Latin American guys. It's a rare, rare, rare you ever get a guy over 22 years old uh, right. playing for the Paddleheads. It's mostly teenagers and early 20s. That's right. But one of the most fascinating parts about the independent league is guys on the other end that maybe you're giving it one last run or maybe had a, mm. a cup of coffee in the show or maybe had a, a a good career in the show and then got hurt and then have been just riding the minor league dream out. I mean, there was a moment in time where Ricky Henderson was playing in the Cape Cod League yeah. when he was like 47 years old. Right. I mean, what if, you know, I mean, this is total, 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 uh, Hypothetical, this would never ever happen, but like, what if like Ken Griffey Jr. was just playing for the Missoula Paddleheads one sure. day or something? You know, if you were independent, you could sign more of those type of guys. Are they sideshows? I don't know, but I don't really care. <laughs> if I could go see, you know, 41 year old Jim Edmonds tracking down fly balls at uh, Ogren Park, I would probably go do it. No doubt. And it is. It is. A, uh, uh, so then, if you don't have to develop guys, you know what I'm saying? You can sign. You could just sign guys based on just brand name recognition. It's a fun case study and a psychological thing too, right? Because what, like any guy who goes on to play professional baseball, you got to believe has a certain love for the game because of just the amount of work you've put in. And sometimes there's diminishing returns for people. We know about burnout and that kind of thing. Yeah. But also, part of the great deal about about it is every time you move up. It's just the life is just a little bit better. And then when you get to the show, it's a lot a bit better. I mean, you're playing in, you know, Yankee Stadium. You're staying in the Hilton or whatever it is. You got everything's paid. You know, you're making a bunch of money, presumably. And it's the, the, the fame. It's the life, right? It's all of that stuff that goes along with it. And then when you get to that, to go back to something that's, well, we're just riding the bus through the counties of Iowa now. Right. People are like, why would you ever do that? But people forget some guys, Ricky Henderson, just love playing baseball. Just like play they ball. just want to go out and right. play baseball. That's the point of all of this. Totally. And for a lot of guys, it's not the point. But if it is the point, then th- th- those independent leagues, like you said, create the the environment for that to continue. And imagine some of the roster moves you could make if you were a, a independent, locally owned team in Missoula. Yeah, you go get guys that. Maybe were ex Missoula Mavs that then played in college, like a guy like Ben Roberts, for example, who got drafted out of high school, yep. played at Washington State, then decided to hang up the baseball cleats, play football for the University of Montana. But I mean, heck, he's only twenty five years old still, probably. Let him come out if he can hang, you know. Right. And then maybe that's an attraction for people to come to the stadium too. And all of a totally. sudden, maybe you have 
you you could just construct your roster in a in a way. I think the biggest drawback, especially for people in Montana, we love sports. We love remembering sports. We have such a great reverence for sports. Like you and I were talking about, you could show a replay of literally any Cat Grizz football game, no matter what the records were of the teams, and people would watch it and they would remember, like, oh man, I remember when this happened, nineteen ninety nine. I'm into this. I want to watch it. It's so hard to have any discernible, real nostalgia about the Osprey because it's a brand new team every year. And you might remember that one time you got to see, you know, Luis Torero before he went to the show. That one time you got to see Lyle Overby, but few and far between. Most of the time it's just completely anonymous people that don't really tug at your heartstrings. But if you had way more of a local connection, you had local yeah. guys or regional guys, or you know, it just it could be a pretty fascinating group of misfits. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. All right, it's Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Hey, the NFL schedule is out. We'll take a quick initial glance because, you know, it's fun to do. Let's hope that it's all real, okay? Next. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Rounding, winding down on a Thursday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We appreciate you being here with us, letting us be there with you. The NFL schedule has come out. Uh, we are not going to go through this in any exhaustive thing, but I uh, thought we'd take a look at the Seahawks a little bit and uh, also maybe some highlights as well. By the way, if you missed anything in the show, you can check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen anytime you would like to. Subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate all that. Podcast is available thanks to Blackfoot. Uh, Coulter, the Seattle Seahawks, who we uh, – happy to have on the ESPN radio waves here in Western Montana are opening up in Atlanta on the 13th of September. Uh, again, with a little bit of uh, what was fingers crossed and hope in our hearts uh, that that in fact takes place. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Here's, here's what I find interesting about the Seahawks schedule though. Uh, by the way, they're playing one of the uh, uh, divisions that they're playing against is the AFC East, so they'll be playing uh, the Dolphins, uh, the New England Patriots, the Bills, and the uh, Jets somewhere in there as well. The second week of the season, they play on Sunday night against New England. On the fifth week of the season, they play on Sunday night against Minnesota. On the 19th of November, they play on Thursday night against Arizona. You want to know what's interesting about all of that? Those are their primetime games in the first three quarters of the season. Mm-hmm. They're all in Seattle. They're not idiots, man. They know that it's a show when it's up there in Seattle, Washington, man. Like no the, these people are losing their minds. They do play Monday night football in Philadelphia the week after they play their Thursday nighter. So there is one road uh, game that is a, uh, uh, you know, what do they call it? A, a primetime game. And obviously, you get down their last two games of the season. Rams, San Francisco. I mean, it just it seems beyond 
but I would put 100% on this. Eh, 90%. One or both of those games are going to be prime time too. They will the, those it's going to come down to it in the NFC West, the Seattle and those two teams at well in Arizona shoot too we talked about, you know, but those are going to be games that are going to be primetime games as well. So uh, there you go, a little overview for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they also, by the way, play the NFC East, Giants, Eagles, Washington, and Dallas. The Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Bills, Dolphins, Saints, Bucks, and Colts. Those are the eight teams that get to go to Vegas this year okay. for the first time. <laughs> okay. I want to know how much of a storyline that becomes. Right now, Vegas is like fully shut down right now. So, right. so that, that might not be, but we'll see what's happening in the fall. But <laughs> I think there's been a lot of play about, you know, like the Patriots always losing in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> because they're going out the night before. I just, I'm so interested to see what having a pro sports team, especially an NFL team in Vegas, what that does. You know, it's that's a, that's a really good question. On one hand, I kind of think that it won't be that big a deal because the teams should be so aware of the fact that you're in Vegas now that they're going to put all kinds of, you know, what does Travis DeHere say? And we're not showing up on Sunday to play on Wednesday. We're showing up Tuesday night to play on Wednesday. Like, there's no there's no hanging out going on when we go on the road to go places or whatever it is. And so, you know, that, that m- might also apply. But the other thing is, They've been playing in Miami. They've been playing in Los Angeles. You know, it's not as if they've been going places where there's nothing to do. I mean, if a guy wants to go out in Charlotte, he could probably find whatever he wants to get into and hang out and do whatever it is that he wants to do till whenever he wants to do it. That's true. It is easier in the casino. Right. And it's a little, as you know, you look around, you go, what do you mean it's 9 a.m.? Right. I just sat down here. Right. And even if you can't get into trouble all over the place, I mean, I'm sure the nightlife is nightlife rolls in in New York City and Houston and Dallas and I mean everywhere. Especially if you're a pro athlete that has all the money that you got. But it's like it's the it's the it's the almost uh, forced upon or like the social acceptance of it all. Like no matter what, if you're going to play cards in Houston, you got to seek it out. Where like if you're staying on the strip. You're just walking through the card game at all times. You know, I don't know this. I know, like the new Los Angeles uh, football stadium that they're building yep. is 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 not a football. Like the football stadium is almost. I won't say it's secondary, but it is. It is one part of what is basically a city that's being built. I mean, they're putting in condos. I'm not so sure they aren't putting in like office spaces, restaurants, like that are outside the the, the stadium, right? I mean, like this is a whole development. That that is going in 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 L.A. and it's surrounding football, but it is you could go to this place and probably have a great day and never see one you know on a Tuesday or whatever it might be. Okay, I don't know what they what what it looks like exactly in Vegas from that standpoint, but I wonder if if there's just player you know like team hotels on you know at the site. You know what I mean and. Well, that would mean for, I mean, you got to believe if there is a hotel that the players are staying at, that there's going to be gaming in that hotel, even if it's at the, you know, uh, uh, at the football stadium. Right. But also it wouldn't like, I would almost think that you would put in rooms like, you know, you have visitor locker rooms Well, you, this is where the visiting team stays. We got 
a bank of, you know, 50 rooms or whatever that the visiting NFL teams, this is where them and all their personnel say, and here's the elevator they ride that takes them right down to the stadium, and now you're here. You know, it's not like, okay, we're staying downtown, now we're going to get on a bus and we're going to drive to the thing. Now, maybe it's going to be that. I don't know. But it, it feels to me like we're moving more to a, you know, you never have to leave. You know, you never have to step foot outside Right. The entire from the time you arrive to the time you get on the plane and you're out. Right. But guys will still figure out a way to leave. Well, of course. No, no, no. I mean, like you can't. It, it's not like that. But I'm just saying, it's a different deal if you still have to go to it. You know. Right. As opposed to just walking. Man, in. I went down to get some water, and the next thing I knew, <laughs> my watch was on the table. Right. You know. I don't know. Jalen Rose always does his champagne and campaign yeah, and he's always yeah. talking about the places that were the biggest distractions when he was a player. And I, I really do think it's sort of an underplayed thing. Cause like you said, I mean, you can get yourself into some, uh, some fun or, and or uh, mischievous situations no matter what. But I mean, I just, I really do think that there's some places that just have a little bit more impactful. I mean, it, it's not a coincidence that, that guys are, uh, Looking a little bit more sleepy when they're playing in Miami on on the road, isn't it? Don't you think though, too, that it matters how a team is going and when it happens? Like week one, week two of the season, I don't think you have this because guys, guys are locked in. They're like, let's go, let's when go the, play some you're ball. Saying, so like when but the like, Patriots are eleven to one, they're like, all right, we already got it on cruise. The Dolphins aren't any good, right? Or, or let's go out, or or you like you go to Vegas, you're three and nine, and it's week twelve. You know what I mean? And you're right. like, you know what? You know, I'm going to give maximum effort, but my ceiling's going to be a little lower tomorrow than what it, you know, and than than what it would ordinarily be. Now, I you know, I don't know. The other thing, we well, I was brought up. I think you were, but this whole idea of like, you know, if you want to maximize. You know your your athleticism and and do the best that you can. You're not going to pollute your body. You know you're not going to do right. this that, and the other. And I've I've heard stories of a bunch of guys you know who like believe that and did everything that they could and got to the league and were like, whoa, no, nobody like you all got here and you're doing all this. Well, that's why some <laughs> of these guys are such genetic freaks though. When you're watching the last dance and you're just watching, I mean the whole Rodman episode. He's at the club or he's at in Vegas. He's partying every single night. Dude. And then he like they show the picture of him walking off the court. He takes his shirt off and you're like, bro, you're just born like that. <laughs> There's no amount of nutrition Dwight training. Dwight Howard is eating a case of right. king-size candy bars every single day. He can't even feel his fingers according to the story because he, he, he's got so much sugar in his body, which is horrendous, by the way. But also, look at him. Every he right. looks like it's it's spinach for days for Dwight Howard, no doubt. And I mean genetics is a very very powerful powerful thing. It is, but I guess the point is is like you know, I don't know how many guys really think that it actually is affecting them come Sunday. You know what I mean? Even though I think it is, like I don't know how you say that you know, however hard you go the night before doesn't have some some impact on what you're able to do the following day, even as young guys, even as great athletes, even as, you know, I don't know, your body works through whatever it does. Imagine how good Michael Jordan would have been if he didn't play 36 holes of golf before the NBA Finals. I don't think I don't think it changes him. Now, like, that's the thing. It's like, I think there's some guys that, 
that not so much the partying aspect of it, but like. No, but you play golf. Imagine how tired you'd be after playing 36 holes of golf. That's right. I'm a radio host. <laughs> I'm not a professional basketball player. <laughs> he could probably walk 36 holes and go out and house the Celtics just fine. Like, that's that's the point that I'm getting at. And also, I think there's a level at which, what, if he just sits in his room and he's sitting there just waiting for the game, right. he's losing his mind. Right. Right? And so there is a level at which, you know, he said, didn't he say that, you know, Doug Collins, one of the things he loved about him is he understood, like, we just need to let, just let us be. You know what I mean? We will come back and we will go to work and we will do the thing and we'll be very good. But we can't, you just can't, like, have it all scheduled. And that's the thing about professional athletes. Like, that's the biggest change to me between professional and college athletics. Totally. College, every second is structured so you don't step outside this and make a mistake. And professional, it's like, well, dude, I don't know. If you want to lose your job, go ahead. But you know we're going to roll. We'll see you at ten, right? And 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 sometimes even if you just don't, I mean, like there's stories about Michael Jordan just not showing up, but he's yeah. Michael Jordan. Yeah. So Phil Jackson was just like, well, we do have different rules for different people. He, he'll, he'll Dennis, start, you will be here, Michael. Right, right. Dennis, we're if you're not here, we're thinking you're in jail. If Michael's not here, we don't care. Right. We'll we'll just see him when he gets here, and then we'll roll. Uh, okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Did you find what the first game of the season is? I still can't. I got this. Actually, I, I think what we're looking at here is uh, there's been some teams that have been leaked. The official full yeah, the actual schedule. So, so, been, so yeah, that's. Yet. I mean, that's what's been leaked is the like who's playing who because it's all divisions, right? It's crossover stuff. You play everybody in your division twice, and then you yeah. play two different other divisions. So like yeah, the and AFC, then I think like, there's two additional. I think that makes fourteen. And games, then there's two and other there's games. Two more so games, like yeah. the NFC North, for example, is playing the AFC South and the NFC South, and then the Packers, Packers, for example, then are also playing the 49ers and the oh, good. Uh, the Eagles. Like the Vikings, they're playing AFC South, NFC South. They're playing the Seahawks and the and the Cowboys. Okay. Well, uh, more uh, tomorrow, certainly when the full schedule is out and available for everybody. But, boys and girls, thanks for being with us on a Thursday evening, Thursday afternoon. We appreciate you very much. We'll finish the week off in style. Hear from Danny Sprinkle and others tomorrow. Tutel Nuwana's ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.